CJSW 90.9 in Hello, 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 and welcome back to the show. My name is Atia, and this is Post-Punk Club Dick, the show where I get to discuss all the fun, negri facts ranging to some of our favorite post-punk and new wave-esque artists. We had a track that was very much pop-punk, but 
we live and we learn and we just I like the vibe and this was from the band Cloudage they if I'm correct are from Toronto and they released this EP back in 2023 like I don't know around Christmas and it has a track called Ad Rock You're So H um, it also has tracks like The Sweetest Taste Most Bitter and Stay Pure um, but it is great from the Toronto outfit but on this two-hour special of Post-Apocalyptic, we are going to be talking about the new wave band, Book of Love. For those of you who may or may not have known, Book of Love were this American band that formed in 1982 in like Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then later moved to New York because that's what everyone does. Led by vocalist Susan uh, Ottaviano, uh, the band also included Ted Ovatanado, who has the same last name, but they're no relation, so let's not get that twisted. And there was also Lauren Roselli and Jade Lee. Um, they actually gained much more notoriety uh, by using... Uh, well, not using, but they toured with Depeche Mode for two tours um, in 1985 and 1986. Um, and they were known to be described as forward thinking in the 80s because of their uh, lyrics mostly delving around sexual orientation and gender roles, um, which and I think in 2023, very important. I, uh, less forward thinking, but in the eighties, it's, it was a trip and a half there. But, um, Ted, how they started was that Ted and Susan became friends while attending high school. And, um, even though, uh, they apparently, uh, aren't related, uh, apparently they trace back their lineage. They are both from the same small Italian village. Just a cute, interesting factoid for the world. Um, but they would both go on to attend a college, an art college, where they would meet the other people, part of the band, like Jade, and they actually formed a band called Head Cheese. Uh, with a friend named Celeste Rees, who would go on to do their own little thing. Um, but they, Head Cheese, would record a few singles, and this would be the first iteration of Book of Love later. It had, they had tracks like Teenage Idol, Non Melodic, and apparently their music, which would be described in the press as like an offbeat love song to the city of Philly, is what they sort of called it. Um, Ted was, a uh, member of Head of Cheese, but also would go on to be sort of a producer for most of their tracks. By the time they would go and like get to the end of school, um, Ted would go to New York to attend school there and meet Lauren, who was the last member of the band. And it started off as a long distance creative project between Philadelphia and New York City. Um, the Book of Love would take uh, their name in May of 1983. And the name comes from a song, the song being the Book of Love from the Monotones, which is like this great 50s, 60s band that, I mean, I think it really works. Um, Ted had stated that specifically why they have this as their name, that I said, and I quote, it's not that we had a love for a song at all. It's just that the imagery worked for us, especially at that time when we started Book of Love, Love early to mid 80s there was kind of that throwback of a lot of romanticism and we were really into that we nicked the band name from that song that's for sure so there we go fun facts for the world but we're going to keep going with the show for today this is cheap from the band grazia but if we have any questions cons concerns queries or compliments about the show please feel free to contact us at 432203991 because i always 
um, love hearing people talk about music we love or find me on social media and we can have the same conversation. But thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great Friday.
Welcome back to show. We had a few tracks, including Shirley from the band Nerve Quakes, a great name. And this is from the album New State. We also had a track from the band Fake Palms. And this was Satellite. Um, but we're going to keep on trucking along and talking about the Book of Love and everything they're all doing. So once they coined their name around May of like 1983, um, Susan of the band produced a local compilation called I'd Rather Be in Philadelphia. Um, they do love their hometown and home state, um, which was issued on Burn Potential Records and included a few bands from the area, including a band by the name of Pretty Poison, which is someone that they would actually play with later and also just have a great friendship with. Um, Dee actually contributed a track called Henna, and this track would be the first track they actually ever released under that name. Um, Jade actually designed the cover for the album, which is like this bright orange cover with like this overlay of a Philadelphia strip, uh, street map, which actually looks really, really cool. Um, after that, in 1984, they both, everyone would graduate college and move on with their lives. But specifically, everyone would sort of relocate to New York City so that the band would no longer be this like long distance um creative project and actually be a full-fledged band, that would be much easier to do. Um, the band members uh, very vividly remember spending their time at a lot of the clubs and scenes at the time, including Dance Cetra, Pyramid Club, Mud Club, Heroes, and CBGB as sort of their mainstay. Um, Lauren explained in a quote, uh, New York City was a big playground full of misfits like ourselves. There are a lot of great clubs that go dancing and hear great music and meet other artists. That was our MySpace. Um, yes, this quote has somehow dated itself when it was already dated. But it does show a good point that that's sort of how they connected with the world. Um, by the time they had uh, finished uh, school, they had cited a few people as mostly uh, the early punks of the like early, um, I guess, mid to late 70s to early 80s as their main influence especially around new york they cited various people over the years including uh, a lot of 50s and 60s groups um as well as people like the ramones patty smith early human league altered image um pill the cure and early sort of um, orchestral maneuvers in the dark tracks um which i mean all makes sense in, in the grand scheme of things but by this time with all those influences in hand they would actually go on to record multiple demos in manhattan including a demo of a track named boy and this is sort of this truly very classic tale of like this teen girl and this like really nice looking boy and this sprucey sort of maybe 50s 60s aesthetic and it features uh t bells and chimes this would be important why it'd be important 
we will talk about that after the fact of this next set of music. Um, we're going to jump right into it. This is going to be Beach Bodies from Mauled. But thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys are still having a great Friday morning.
The annual Sled Island Music and Arts Festival is back June 19th through 23rd. Experience five days of music, comedy, film, and art in diverse venues across Calgary, Alberta. Featuring New York experimental hardcore trio Show Me the Body as guest curator, incisive Chicago rapper Mick Jenkins, Los Angeles indie rockers Cherry Glitter, genre-bending rap artist Carrie Foe, Montreal-based hip-hop trio Planet Giza, 70s Zamrock revivalist Witch, renowned soundscape composer Laurel Halo, British electronic producer Forest Swords, eminent post-punk three-piece Wombo, Philadelphia hardcore punk group Soul Glow, and many more. Plus, there's over 150 artists still to be announced. Check out the current lineup and get your passes and tickets now at sledisland.com.
and uh, welcome back. We had a few tracks. We had tracks like Movement from Feeling Figures. The Canadian band is just coming with this great tracks from Migration Magic. We also had Slow Dogs from Poly Rock. This was, I think, I really like this and what it was trying to do in this. I do think with this band, uh, they were sort of this new New York-based band that for, also formed in the seventies, and we can actually have a eight like eight billion conversations about this band in a retrospective. But I did want to play them because I really like them. And last but not least, we had a track by the band Game Theory, and this is too late for tears. But we're gonna keep going with the band and just everything they were doing. So. Um, if you're here at my last little mic break, I was talking about how they have a track, uh, the band, the book of love have a track, uh, called boy. And it is this fun little, t- like tapping it's labeled as like this fun tale about teen angst. Um, but also kind of, it's kind of fun and it has, uh, tubular bells and whistles and just a bunch of like woodwind, uh, noise recordings. And there's this actually a very specific reason why. Uh, noise recording studios, they had many bells and like chimes available for the band while recording. And when reflecting upon it, um, Ted had stated, and I quote, I was fascinated with altered images and other bands that are incorporating bells and chimes into their music. Long brass chimes, tubular bells, whatever, it sounded right for the time. So, it's sort of where they got this idea and it really, really worked in terms of that track. As they kept going in like 1985, they would actually go on to record and release their debut album at Unique Recording. Um, and it had tracks like Boy as well as the band's theme song, Book of Love. Um, Boy was released as a single and became a huge hit in the sort of club dance scene, um, reaching on number seven on the Billboard charts. Um, there, interestingly enough, there is a rare Australian promotional video for the song, which features the band performing and Ted on tubular bells, which I think is kind of fun. After Boy, the band all quit their day jobs. Um, I can't even find what their day jobs were, but they just all decided that it wasn't important and they all quit. Um, it was while doing promotion for the single, they would meet Depeche Mode at some party and the, subsequently the band was offered an opening slot for Depeche Mode's uh, Some Great Reward Tour, um, which is sick. They would uh, start in Washington and um, the band, which at the time they didn't have their album quite released yet, uh, joined the tour from coast to coast for about 15 to 16 dates. Um, so, with that being said, we are got to the point of the show where we're getting into the deep dive segment. And this first set of music is tracks that influence the band. So we're going to start off with a classic group, The Marvelettes. And this is the track Forever. Uh, they did reference a lot of 50s and 60s like groups, like girl groups, boy, uh, girl groups, boy bands, whatever you want to call them. But this very much classic uh, 50s era was a big one with this like Phil Spector-esque sound um, that is just so dense, but it really works for a lot of music. But yeah, so stay tuned for more fun facts relating to this band that we all know and love. Break my heart 
We had quite an array of tracks, but that's kind of the fate, my favorite part of doing the show. Um, we had Forever from the Marvettes, otherwise known as one of those 60 girl groups that they actually really enjoyed the Book of Love. We also had The Look from Pretty Poison, otherwise known as their Philadelphia um, like siblings who actually they recorded together and were very good friends. We also had 25th Floor from Patti Smith, one of the bands that the Book of Love frequented at CBGB and all the other areas of dance, etc., and just 
everywhere in the New York club area. And last but not least, we had the Book of Love from the Monotones, otherwise known as where the band took their name from, which, like they said, it's not necessarily, I think the song's kind of fun, but apparently they don't necessarily actually like the song, but they just like the romanticism of nostalgia. And and that, I think, if you're going to pick anything, I think that's a really good title for it. But I digress. We're going to keep talking about the band and just what they're doing. So, by the time they are touring with Depeche Mode because they just they met them at a party and they liked them enough. Um, after their first tour with them, they went straight to the recording studio to record a track called Happy Day for the inclusion and in the B-side of the single boy. Um, and then the remainder of the summer would go to recording some songs, including I Touch Roses, Lost Souls as their next single, as well as touring with uh, Depeche Mode in like some other states that they missed the first time around, apparently. Um, they also get some of their songs remixed by uh, Depeche Mode, and, and it would be pretty cool of them, especially with the track I Touch Roses becoming their second biggest hit. Um, once they got I Touch Roses and it became a fairly big success, the band finally got a green light to record an album. And in their words, and I quote, we were like a little choo-choo train. We didn't know it at the time, but thankfully, thankfully, with I Touch Roses, it was not preordinate that Sire, the record, was developing us at the time. There was no grand scheme. It was more a la carte. But then people started picking up on Roses and then the album ha- happened. Um, which is what Ted said. Um, up until that summer, though, they had only recorded about five tracks, and then they would go back to record the rest of them um, at the time, usually because we are in the 80s. It was using a bunch of synthesizers known at the time, and it also uh, get the tubular bells and chimes and melodicas and acoustic instruments from the studio that they were recording at. Um, they also did... Uh, do a few covers in that time. One of the songs they recorded for the record was a cover song um, called Die Motion or The Sailor, which is from the band who I think we've, I've actually covered on the show, Lillipup, um, the uh, all-girl Swiss post-punk band. Um, and that's where they would get it from. They would then record an album for January 1986. The album that was of the same name was released on April 1st because I guess they liked the humor of it. And it was sort of peak new wave synth pop. Um, and I, I think it's very fun, especially coming out of the scene that they were doing. And then that's once again when Depeche Mode asked them to tour once more for their celebration tour. Um, and this time they would go for North America and Europe. So they, they got a fun time. But... We're going to keep going uh, with this music. This next set of music is the tracks that uh, they were listening to at the time and more just what they were into in the moment. We talked about their influences. Now we're in the present day of like 1985. Um, But yeah, it's pretty cool. And thank you so much for tuning in on this Friday.
always been me.